Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not gonna shout now. Shout now, she's not gonna shout. So get your headphones ready to hear what it's all about. Sound now, what it's all about. We'll have no fun, no fun, cause your purpose podcast comes out today. We'll have no fun, 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 cause your purpose podcast comes out today. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 356. Oh my God, it's been so many years. It's 2013 we've been bringing this podcast to you, and by we, I mean me. But I am now part of the Misfit Toys Collective, brought to you by the gentlemen of Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap. Go go find me on many episodes of the Never Not Funny podcast. It's always a good time over there. And, uh, and uh, Todd Glass is also in the collective, the Todd Glass Show, Doug Loves Movies, Mike Schmidt, the 40-year-old boy. I think, well, Mike's is a solo podcast, but I've been on all the other dudes' podcasts. So check them all out. And uh, let's get going. What is this podcast? Well, I am Jen Kirkman. I am a comedian. I have two Netflix specials streaming right now. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. But this podcast is not a comedy special, although it might be funny sometimes, but it's just, you know, where you get to know the real me. I just talk for an hour sort of off the top of my head, although I may know a few of the topics that I want to talk about in advance, but I just... You know, take you down a journey of what's going on in my life, in my head, in the world. Not so much in the world, but (laughs) in my life and in my head. Uh, You know what a podcast is. You've heard them before. Thanks for joining me. There is also a Patreon version that is the paid version. For as low as $5 a month, you can get the exclusive video version, which has bonus content every week, and then a 20-minute free bonus episode once a month for you. That's for $5, and you do get exclusive bonus stand-up sets that I post audio from my time on the road over the past few years between in-between specials, and uh, the prices go up from there on Patreon. 
10, 15, 20. With each price upgrade, you get more bonus episodes. And of course, even some exclusive merchandise that you can't find in my merchandise store. So I encourage you to join it. I am not some rich bitch. I wouldn't podcast just for the fun of it. Let's let's make some money up in here. So please join my Patreon. Support me. I am not going to be on tour in 2021 either. Oh my God. But I do have something to announce. So it's patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Get all up in there. You, oh my God. If you join at the $5 level, you get every single bonus that I have posted at the $5 level since March. You have so much to get to. So come on and do it. If hundreds of you did it, Uh, Hundreds are already there, but if hundreds more did it, oh my God, I'll have a good Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, the Jen Kirkman 9th Annual Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show is not going to be skipped just because we are in a global pandemic. It is going to be coming to you online from my living room via On Location Live. So here's how it goes. It's Friday, December 4th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. That is 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, all other time zones, you're on your own, figure it the fuck out. But the good news is you can buy tickets and you can have it for up to 48 hours after. So you don't have to be there live if you can't make it. So that's what I love. That does not happen with live shows. (laughs) We'll stand here. So we're doing the live show. If you can't come, um, we're going to stand here and live in the theater. And when you're home in the middle of the night, you can come in and we'll start the show again. So there you go. One good thing about a global pandemic is now the Globe can attend my yearly Christmas show that I only do in Los Angeles. It is for anyone, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, if you hate the holidays, you love the holidays. It is both an ironic and unironic celebration of the time of year that stresses us out, makes us feel bad about ourselves because we got to go home to family who ask us things about our life that we'd rather not think about. The new year is coming up and we are once again not where we want to be in life. And we're spending money and time on people and with people that we don't necessarily like. So can we have one hour for the misfits? Just one, not the band, us. Can we have one hour for people that like a little dark humor? There's always, I always tell the comedians, I don't want, let's try to upset people. Not dark humor that's mean or puts down any group, but just, you know, did you have a botched abortion? Tell that story. I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like over the years, we've had um, really funny comedians telling stories. A friend of mine a couple of years ago told a story of the the, la- the last night before she got sober was Christmas Eve and she wound up on a bus to somewhere. Someone else had a birthday on Christmas and his family neglected him. Um, you know, just so many fun things. And I always do some sketches. It's not really a stand-up show. It's more a variety show and it's it's good fun. So this year I'll be doing a sketch about Lori Loughlin getting going to jail. I'm not even going to listen. I'm not even going to tell you. Why am I telling you what's going to happen? Surprise guests. I never announce them so that they can have the freedom to cancel at the last minute. How do you buy tickets? Oh, that's right. Go to jenkirkman.com and click tour. It will be the only thing mentioned. Um, Or if you are on my Twitter at Jen Kirkman, you can go to the link in the bio. It'll be the first tab after you click that link. And yeah, join up Friday, December 4th at 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Pacific Eastern. Oh, fun. All right. So there you go. Uh, Oh, sorry. So this is the podcast. 
Let's begin. This week I want to talk about a few things. Had a conversation with my mom about men's penises. Oh, that's right. I'll be relaying it like a little play to you all. Of course, I'll be doing my Patreon shout-out to the listener of the week. I'll read some listener emails. People got all kinds of problems and issues and things going on in their life that they want to tell on this very podcast. I'm going to talk about an article about how male monkeys live longer if they have platonic female friends. Maybe we can learn something from that. Probably not. And I'll also be talking about uh, how bad my weight loss is going. <laughs> but I'm re-upping my commitment, re-upping my commitment. I had mentioned on this podcast that I'm going to finally talk about things that, you know, if I say it out loud on the podcast, then I'm like, oh, now I have to follow through with it. And well, I haven't followed through with something I announced over a month ago. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation on this week's bonus episode. I'll be talking about Gwyneth Paltrow posing nude online for her 48th birthday, but that is only on the Patreon that you can join as the episode continues after the free version is done. Okay, let's get into it. First, I'm going to read one listener email to start us off because as you guys know, I drink coffee when I record this podcast. My coffee is always cold because I'm sitting here babbling for an hour with no assistant to come keep heating it up. Man, I would totally hire someone to just keep doing that, but they'd have to be COVID-free, wear a mask in my home, wear gloves, and I don't. it seems not financially prudent to pay for someone who keeps reheating my coffee. And then I think the Patreon people would be like, why are we supporting her? She's got plenty of money. She's got an assistant that is just for heating up coffee. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, uh, as I'm with the new podcast network, please subscribe. Wherever you listen to this podcast, please subscribe. Even if you are just watching it on Patreon, please subscribe. It's how the podcast gets uh, good numbers so that we know I can get advertisers on the show. They love a subscriber. And please go to iTunes. Give it a review. Give it five stars. Write a review. It helps other people find out about the show. And that's the goal here. We're not trying to be so underground. All right. So I'm always talking about how I cannot find the perfect thing to keep my coffee hot for an hour. Now you could say, Jen, what about a thermos? Thermoses are ugly. I know they make cute ones now. I've I've even had a few, not to brag, and I would take them to writing jobs. I'm the kind of person that I love a treat. So it's like if I'm going to work, even if it's a fun writing job, I want to go to Starbucks and get I don't get a fancy coffee with sugar in it, but I there's something about going to a store and having them give me a coffee that they made, like an Americano. I wouldn't normally make that at home. I like to get a venti Americano, one-third decaf. And I like I like the feel of the paper cup, but I know it's bad for the environment. And it wasn't, wasn't until recently when I was on a writing job, and I just felt like if I walk in that room with a paper cup, I feel like we're there in society, especially a lot of the people in the room were younger, I can't be the old lady who's like, fuck the environment. But here's the thing. I became a vegetarian when I was 13 because I read a book that said basically everything that's happening now, they were like, this is all going to happen unless you people get serious about making personal sacrifices to take care of the environment. I was doing it. And then I just went, you know what? Fuck all you people. No one's doing it. 
Now, I don't know what I, I mean, I still am a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. So that doesn't help really, to be honest. And it's, you know, it's not really the meat industry that's totally destroying the environment. It's a combination of everything. And that's not what I meant to talk about today. The point is, nobody needs to be going and getting cups that end up in a fucking landfill. So I got a cute thermos. And yes, my coffee stayed hot for well over an hour because I like to sip my coffee, preferably what I used to do in the old days. You sit in a coffee shop where they have mugs and a waitress or a waiter comes over and re-pours every five seconds, keeps it hot. So I could drink out of a thermos. That just bums me out, though. Like, I like to hold a mug. So I'm always like, you know those things you can put it on, like a sec. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm in the 50s. You know these secretaries? Women are working now. But, you know, a little secretary puts it on her desk. A little secretary, <laughs> not the big ones, um, puts it on her desk. I say that because I used to have one on my desk. I used to be... Uh, an administrative assistant, and I had my little coffee warmer, and all it did was warm the bottom of the mug so that you would burn your hand. And then barely, the, it doesn't make a dent in the temperature. So I'm someone that is getting up every 15 minutes reheating my coffee because it takes me a long time to drink my coffee. I don't guzzle it down. Um, when I went to Venice, Italy, what? She's so She's such a world traveler. You would go to a coffee shop and there was no seats and and some of these little holes in the wall. You stand there and you get your morning coffee and you, you know, you get your little cup of espresso and you drink it and you get the fuck out and get on with your life. And uh, that was, that's not for me. Or I, I did do that once and I was like, ooh, I'm all buzzed. And then I went to another coffee shop where I could sit down and then they put a little, um, it wasn't Bailey's, but it was something like that in my coffee. And I was like, now... I can do like a half come down, half up. That's like my version of a speedball, like a up and low. is like a coffee with Baileys in it. Anyway, so a listener named Karen, not Karen like the white women that yell about masks. I mean, maybe she is, but I think her name just happens to be Karen. She said, Dear Jen, my tip for you after listening to your coffee heating incident from a few weeks ago is to heat your coffee mug before you pour the coffee into it. So I use the microwave and or boiling water for a couple of minutes. Hot coffee poured into a hot mug will stay hot. Hot coffee poured into a cold mug will heat up the mug, leaving the coffee cold. Aha. This is the second law of thermodynamics at work. Sincerely, Karen. So I tried it, Karen. I tried it. And you're very much right. Um... But the problem is, so it did stay longer for 10 minutes longer. It did stay hotter for about 10 minutes longer. But the problem is that I take an hour to drink a cup of coffee. And so ultimately, there's no science law that can help except drink your fucking coffee faster. So, But thank you, Karen. It did help. So that's a good tip. It almost reminds me of, uh, I have these, okay, this is embarrassing, but I have these cooling pads that I lay on. So, oh God, do I have to get into this? Why do you people make me talk about personal things? So I'm not in menopause and there's nothing wrong with it, but no one knows what the fuck it is. Not even women. Men are like, oh, bother me with that stuff. Listen, we all have to get real about menopause. We all have to talk about it. It's when a woman stops getting her period that that is the least of what happens your entire body for years leading up to the final droplet 
your hormones are going away. Imagine men, if you suddenly had no testosterone. God, do we all dream of that world. But it does happen when you get more elderly, but you have to be like 80 to start noticing it. But women lose most of their estrogen. And whether you think we're crazy or not, estrogen is actually what keeps you young. It's what keeps you sane. It does a lot of good things. Else, too much of it causes breast cancer. Hormones are a freak show. All of ours. Men, women, everything. The point is, when you start losing levels of estrogen and your hormones are rebalancing for years, you're insane. I feel, so I don't know because I'm in a pandemic. I'm quarantining. I also have anxiety and depression, not big time right now, but they exist in my body, comes and goes. And I'm like, is this pandemic? Is this anxiety and depression? Is this, they call it perimenopause, the five years before menopause. And nobody knows when they're going to get menopause. See, some women get it at 50, some 53, some 45. You just don't know. And some 45 is a band. They all went through menopause very early. <laughs> um, so you don't know, and there's no way really to find out. There's no test you can get that goes, oh, you're going to get it at this age. So you just sort of start feeling insane and don't know what it is. It could be anything. And then there's the hot flashes, which you've heard about. But it's, I don't think, see, I don't know. Oh, I keep kicking this mic stand. I've had... I haven't really had the big menopause hot flashes yet because it's still a little too young for that. But I have like the mini version. I have the version that's like, hey, we're on the way to your estrogen dying. And I'm like, thanks for the reminder. It always has to be in the middle of the night. That's when I get super hot. I sleep with the air conditioning on like one degree. And uh, so I bought these cooling pads. So there's certain times where my hormones are wackier than others, I can tell. Let me give you an example. You know what really exacerbates it? If I drink wine. So if I have more than a glass and a half, if I have the amount that makes it fucking fun to have wine, you know, three glasses. Now I'm drunk. Now I'm making plans I can't keep. Texting people, we should, I'll totally do a socially distanced dinner. And then the next day I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Sorry, I was drunk. Um, that's the kind of drunk I get. I make plans with you I'm never going to keep. I ask people to collaborate on projects I'm never going to do. I'm always the next day like, oh, God, let me look at my phone. Oh, no, I got back in touch with this person. I didn't want to be friends with it anymore. <laughs> I never go on a rampage anger. It's always just like I get way friendly. So I try to have a rule. If I drink, you won't see me on social media that night. Um, so what's my point? Oh, if I have wine, I might get a little like what feels like a hot flash. Like I wake up at 2 a.m. and I'll feel like, oh, I have a fever. It feels like a fever. And you take your temperature and you don't have a fever and it feels like your insides are burning and you're so like it, it doesn't help to really cool off from the outside too much. So I bought these cooling pads. I think I maybe have talked about them on the podcast, but the point is 
one there one's like full body this blue pad like when I say pad it's almost like the same material that a gym mat would be made out of but less thick and you just lay on it you could put your sheet over it but I just lay right on it and then there's a smaller one that I put on my pillow and I used it once and it cooled me down and it was amazing it's but then you fall asleep and you wake up two hours later and all of your body heat has been absorbed by the pad and now you wake up because you're laying on a hot thing that's very uncomfortable. So I assume that's what's happening with my coffee. It's just going right into the mug, heating the mug up. I don't know. But anyway, I thank you, Karen, for your email. You are not wrong. But I may be beyond help. Now, how many people that listen for the first time are like, just some broad going off about menopause? That's all right. I don't need you. I don't need listeners. I'll just talk to myself. <sighs> so I'll tell you about uh, this conversation I had with my mom. Oh, she was on fire. I love when my mom gets on fire about things. You know, she gets on fire about the most random things for an 82-year-old white woman. <laughs> like when she gets all mad at the cops. She's like, I'm talking to Ice Cube. The police are a nasty group, so disrespectful and dumb. Go, Mom, don't say this on your podcast. She's got her own issues with the police. This is not stemming from any social injustice, racial unrest in America. Uh, this is because she called the police once to ask them about why her power went out and they were rude. I mean, I, gotta, I don't think that's what they're supposed to answer calls about. But the power company was closed. And then she saw a policeman in the grocery store that was not wearing a mask, and she asked him why not, and she said, it looks like you don't care about the elderly when you do that, and he laughed in her face. And this is the suburbs. I don't like it. I said, Mom, if they're rude to you, a white old lady, imagine. Oh, I know, others have it worse, but I get it. I see it. So my mom's going off about... uh she just realized that men can look at women only as sex objects when the woman thinks she is in a friendship with someone who respects her mind. She got very sad and was just like, is it their penis? What is something wrong with them? And, and I, I'm enjoying this because my mom is not getting any of this from me. I'm not preaching to my mom all my feminist shit. It, she just comes up with this. And if we talk on the phone, I've been thinking. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So before I tell you about my conversation with my mom, I'll, I'd love to give a shout out to the uh, Patreon listener of the week. This is Mr. N.J. White. Wait, sorry. I think his name is Nick. Now, he's one of my best friends in the whole world. He is a uh, Patreon subscriber at the $35 level that lets you get a shout-out from me. 
Now, how is this your best friend you don't even know his name? Because that is the conceit of this bit. If you are a Patreon subscriber at that level, you get a shout out. But I tell a story of how you are my best friend and how we met. I've gotten into trouble with this segment before because somebody wasn't listening all the way. Uh, Most people weren't. And I told a story of how I gave someone a $30,000 tip and everyone believed it. And there was a lot of people mad at me for, I don't know what, spending that kind of money. It was a whole scandal. Then people got mad at me for having a fake bit on the show. And then people got mad at me because I was annoyed that my listeners aren't listening carefully. The whole thing was a shit show. Why do I do this podcast? Why do I do, why do, I do this? Anyway, so Nick, NJ, here's how we met. We were at, it's funny his nickname is NJ because we were at a Michael Jackson costume contest in the 80s. I mean, I've known Nick since I was like a kid. And this is like pre, this is like back when nobody knew anything about, you know, Michael Jackson's, you know, pedophilia. I guess I don't know why I'm dancing around it. I'm going to get in trouble with the MJ people. If you even say his name on Twitter, you get the army after you. And they're all younger than me. They're all people that weren't even originally let down by this. They weren't even people that loved him so much growing up, then found out everything and went, oh, no, you've just ruined my childhood. These people are are 20. Anyway, don't you say that he was never found guilty. Oh, well, neither was Hitler. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Um, But he died before he could be found guilty is my point. So what is that? So technically you can say that about Hitler, but we all know. Okay, so NJ, Nick, and I met at an MJ costume competition. It was put on at a mall in Massachusetts, and we both went. Our costumes sucked because, you know, it was the costume contest was every year. It was like the richest people in town that could get like a real sequin glove and the whole thing. And we would just show up with, you know, white socks and black shoes and like pants that were a little shorter, you know, like they call them pedal pushers. You know, his pants were just always a little shorter around the ankles. So you could see the white socks and we'd have a hat and we'd have one white glove, but we didn't have the sequined glove. And I could do a moonwalk front and back. No big deal. Not to brag. Uh, Nick and Jay couldn't. And so I was teaching him a moonwalk. And I said, you know, look, if you don't have the silver glove, you're going to have to learn to moonwalk. You're going to have to dazzle them in a different way. So we're doing that. And this janitor's mopping up. And the janitor's like, kids, watch out. This is slippery. And, you know, Nick and the little boy thinks he's immortal. Nick uh, does the moonwalk, slips, falls, hits his head. And he wakes up. This is crazy. I don't know if you guys have heard things like this before where somebody hits their head, goes into a coma, wakes up, and now they're speaking French fluently, you know, and they're just from, like, Ohio. Well, that's what happened to NJ. NJ wait, Nick. He wakes up, and he suddenly sings, just like Michael Jackson. It looks like he's lip-syncing. He's just like, Why, why, tell them that it's human nature. Why, why? And he's like, this is thriller, thriller. I mean, people were gasping 
It was like they saw, you know, the Virgin Mary's face on a piece of toast. I mean, people were freaking out, having a religious experience, crying, worshiping. And he does the moonwalk perfectly and starts dancing just like Michael, just all from that fall hitting his head. And we were like, oh, my God, he's going to be famous. And his mom's like, I think I should get him checked out. He's obviously uh, hurt his head somehow. So the paramedics whisked him away. And it turned out he did have a mild concussion. He had to stay awake for 24 hours. And, you know, I went to visit him the next day. And I sort of watched it happen. Like the Michael Jackson drained out of him. And he just went back to being his normal self. And I'm going to be honest. I was more like disappointed. Like, oh, I liked you better when you could sing like Michael. But it was a really weird incident all before the internet. I mean, can you imagine if this had been on TikTok or something? But um, yeah, for one day. NJ became MJ, and nobody believes him. And I was there. Everyone he tells, like, that's not a thing. That didn't happen. Pixar didn't happen. And I'm like, you guys, this is before the fucking internet. Sometimes you just have to believe stories. And people are like, nope. So congrats to one of my dear friends. And uh, he grew up to be, oh, sorry, I should say, he grew up to, uh, he runs a glove store now. Um, he, sell, he sells all kinds of gloves. He does even make sequined gloves. And you know what he told me? They're not even that expensive. All those years that we were like, oh my God, our family's broke because we can't afford sequined gloves. He's like, they're like 20 bucks. You can totally just make one for like $3 and sell it for 20. And, you know, so there you go. There's cats out of the bag. Um, so thank you, NJ, Nick, wait for being a Patreon subscriber. Okay. So I'm talking to my mom. And we're talking about all kinds of things. She goes, Jennifer. But it's interesting because I did talk about this on my podcast months ago, about that dumb notion of the friend zone when guys get mad that women just want to be their friends. And there's this notion that, oh, she's just using me. She was leading me on. And it's like, we don't look at you guys as objects. So when we want to be friends, we're actually treating you like humans you're the ones that think we're only there to be your girlfriends or pined away after in a weird way that makes us uncomfortable so this friend zone thing has got to fucking stop i'm tired of even you know healthy normal woke people using it so anyway my mom goes jennifer i read this article in the boston globe this guy had prostate cancer and you know he survived and he wrote an article about it I thought it might be interesting you know we've got cancer survivors in our family and the whole thing was about his penis and I thought what I mean he never says oh I'm so glad I survived cancer because I love my wife and I'm I get to spend more time with my kids now. No, it was all about, is my penis going to work? And the first thing he did after he found out, you know, after everything was over, he got Viagra. And then he's like, oh, I better try it out. Is it going to work? And I'm just thinking his poor wife, you know, she probably enjoyed the break. And now that's the first thing on his mind. And I just thought, you know, I was just thinking about men and I thought, I don't think they can control it. And isn't that weird? I mean, Jennifer, I was thinking about all kinds of things. You know, I sit here in this pandemic and I just start thinking. 
And you know, you guys have got to understand, my mom grew up in the 50s. She was raised by a woman who wasn't allowed to go to college. My mom's dad really wasn't big on her going to college, so she didn't. She was raised to think certain things about men and women, and and uh, she's having her own thoughts. So it's, it's very interesting to watch an 80-year-old come to things that you kind of knew. What is my landline ringing for? I have it in case of emergency. This is this is election bullshit. Ah, uh, hang on one second. I can't even find it. It's like hidden somewhere in this room. Hang on one second. Uh, I can't find the phone. Oh, it's behind the TV. Ugh. Take me off this list. Take me off whatever list this is. Bye. Okay. Oh, God, that's so disturbing. You know, and I have a landline because I'm always like, well, on 9-11, I was in New York and... None of our cell phones worked, and it was really scary, so it's always good to have a landline. And I just realized last year that I don't have a landline in the traditional sense. I have a home phone that's connected to the fucking internet, so what does that help me? Ugh, anyway, so my mom uh, will have these revelations, and she'll say them to me. And I, and I find them fascinating because she's not taking some women's studies course. She's just realizing things, you know, and... Uh, she said, you know, Jennifer, I I mean, I'm sure no one's doing it to me now because I'm nothing to look at, although my mom is quite the looker. But I'm too old. But I was thinking about how I love being friends with men. You know, I have all kinds of friends. And I'm thinking at the casino at Foxwoods when your father and I would go on weekends. And, you know, there's men there that I'm friends with. And I just i am looking back and I'm going... Are these men secretly thinking thoughts about me? Or are they just talking to me because I'm a woman, but I really want to be friends with them? Well, just how many guys, they're not really taking you seriously as a person because they're thinking with their penis and their hormones. And isn't that sad? It, it breaks my heart that I would want to be friends with someone and that they, and I would never be thinking about sex. And Jennifer, this is how I thought of things. I thought if a man had a wife or a girlfriend, then he would get his penis stuff done with her. And if he didn't, and he really needed to, he goes to a prostitute or he takes care of it himself. And then any woman he talks to just as a friend, he only likes as a friend. That's why he's talking to them. I was like, wait, cut back to the prostitution? Well, I'm just saying, if prostitutes are there, I'm not saying I agree with it. But if there's a prostitute there, then then go do what you do with a prostitute. Go take advantage of that situation. That's what they're there for. You know, if they're willing to do that for money, go, okay, you pay them. You've got to take care of yourself or you do it yourself. But I didn't think that men are like talking to you, hoping that you'll do something for them when they're not a, you know, I'm not a prostitute or their girlfriend, so I'm not gonna. But I think that, like, in their minds, that's why they're interested in talking to you because they think, well, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I find it so sad. <laughs> now, I know my mom's not taking into account gay guys. But she's not talking about gay guys. This is why we love gay men. They do not want to have sex with us. And sometimes we just want to talk to men with no confusion. 
and I know I'm not taking into consideration bisexual men. I'm talking about just straight up gay men who are like, can't picture it. Can't picture it. Anyway, I just thought that was very enlightening. So I was like, I did a podcast episode about this, about the friend zone. And she was like, well, you know. But I just loved my mom's theory that everyone's seeing a prostitute. (laughs) Is today a masturbate day or see a prostitute day? I don't know. How much money do I have? How much cash do I have? So I found this article just actually came out today. I'm recording this on uh, October 1st. So again, this is coming, this is being recorded a week early. So by next Wednesday, the world has ended. And you're like, why is she not addressing the fact that Trump nuked New York? Well, she recorded it a week earlier. So New York Times article, why male baboons benefit from female friends. These male monkeys lived longer if they socialized with females with or without benefits. In the shadow of Mount Kilimanjaro, baboons live out their daily dramas. They tussle, they mate, they care for their young. Some are loners and others have lots of friends. Now research has shown that these platonic relationships might be just as important as the relationships that make more baby monkeys. Male baboons live longer if they have more female friends. The findings, published last week in Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society B., why don't I have a subscription to that? What is that? What is the philosophical transactions of the Royal Society be? It sounds like something a kid makes up and goes, this sounds fancy and important, but it's like, is it a real thing? It's not like the Harvard Review. Anyway, the findings came from one of the world's longest running studies of wild primates. Hang on. I, I am putting a pin in it to Google the philosophical transactions of Society B. It also sounds like a speakeasy. You know, when you knock on the door and they let you in and it's like, this is the philosophical trend. Let me just look up what it is because I'm now I'm fascinated. Okay. Philo- oh, it's actually a website, royalsocietypublishing.org. Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society B. The Royal Society was founded in 1660 to promote the new experimental philosophy of that time, embodying the principles of Sir Francis Bacon. Henry Oldenburg was appointed as the first secretary to the society, and he was also the first editor of the society's journal, Philosophical Transactions. The first issue appeared in March 1665 and featured Oldenburg's correspondence with leading European scientists. In its formative years, Isaac Newton had 17 papers published in the journal, including his first paper, New Theory About Light and Colors, which effectively served to launch his scientific career. Oh, so this is like a real thing. Okay, so excuse me. Philosophical Transactions also published the work of Charles Darwin uh, and many more celebrated names in science. In 1887, the journal expanded to become two separate publications, one serving the biological sciences, B. Okay, so that's why this monkey thing is in there. And the other serving the physical sciences, A. The Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society has the prestige of being the world's longest-running science journal. Okay, this is now my new favorite thing. Do you see what listening to this podcast does? Opens up worlds. You're on, we knew about that already. Oh, I didn't know about it. Oh, well, technically, it's a... 
Honey, that comedian I listen to once again thinks she's the only one that knows about something. Why do you keep listening? She sounds so awful. I don't know. I subscribe and it pops up in my feed. And, you know, I I should try it. What are those pod save the boys doing? What are they talking about? Oh, they just talk about Bernie Sanders. But he's not even the candidate. I know. They can't get over it. I just said something naughty. Okay, so. Back to the article about why male baboons need female friends from the New York Times. Researchers have been continuously observing savannah baboons in Kenya's Ambosali Basin since 1971. Gen X monkeys. Sorry. They've amassed a data set that includes the births and deaths of hundreds of animals as well as the baboon's daily activities. One activity, grooming, is the basis for baboon social relationships. If this fucking comes down to women groom the men, I'm going to be pissed. There's got to be more that women have to offer men than picking lice off of them. We do more than that. We are great to have as friends. Grooming's a really interesting behavior, in part because it isn't always reciprocated. Oh, great. So, oh, it's good to have female friends. You do nothing, and they pick shit out of your butthole. Oh, what's great? What's in it for us? Grooming is really interesting behavior, in part because it isn't always reciprocated, said Fernando Campos, a biological anthropologist at the University of Texas at San Antonio and one of the lead authors. Sometimes baboons take turns combing through each other's fur for bugs and debris, and other times one baboon may groom a higher-ranking baboon who doesn't return the favor. Okay. Although males and females may groom each other, there isn't much male-male grooming or bonding in this population. Okay, so it's just like humans. Men are afraid to touch each other because they think it's gay, and what is wrong with being gay? I'm going to tell men one thing that women really want, and this is just straight people talking about straight people we want all men to be gay and we we want to end heterosexuality this is all straight women want why can't my studies be published in the journal of society b fuck anyway uh so Pairs of female bab- baboons, on the other hand, form lifelong bonds. You know shit, because we're not afraid to touch each other. Uh, earlier research has shown that female baboons with strong relationships live longer than socially isolated females. <laughs> Fuck. I'm fucked, because I'm in a pandemic. No, but I am, I am seeing friends now, but not like in a dangerous way. What about the male baboons? The question has been harder to study because every few years or so, males join a new social group. This is true in real life, too. Like, guys guys in comedy over 50, they start the Proud Boys uh, or they join some kind of insane MMA fighting. Or, you know, they, they, go, they, they become left-wing psychos who are also denying the Russia investigation. Or they become right-wing psychos who deny the Russia investigation. Uh so that I do notice in real life that men change friend groups every few years as well. And women get closer with each other. And we just point at the men going, what is that? Why can't they accept getting older? And then our sexuality becomes fluid. And then we're all dating each other. And then men 
are they they go to prostitutes and they take care of it themselves. Again, these findings I've got to publish in society. They're going to be like, you can publish in Society D, just like dumb thoughts of a podcaster. That's okay. Okay, so in the new paper, biologists and statisticians. Okay, hang on. So if a male baboon disappears from the study population, because again, he changes friendships every few years, uh, scientists can't tell whether he has died or joined another group farther away. It's again, the same with male comedians. Did he die? No, he has a very popular podcast where he talks about corporate centrists. What? Yes, he's actually a millionaire who rails against millionaires. Oh, okay. I thought he died. It's the same thing, really, but, you know, that's what he does now. Okay, so... I hear a knocking. Oh, my God. This is... I've gone insane. Oh, no. Okay, it's someone nailing something into a wall. But I don't have a neighbor on this... I'm just going to... I'm just going to pretend there isn't someone buried in my walls. Okay. So they can't tell if the men have died or they went to some group. So it makes it tough to know actually how long males live. So in the new paper, biologists and statisticians collaborated on a model that addresses this problem. Their data set included 542 adult baboons, both male and female, observed over more than three decades. Based on the occasional deaths or moves that humans actually witnessed, And the age of the male baboons, when those events happened, the scientists could calculate the likelihood that any other vanished male had either died or migrated. So just as with female baboons, they saw that males with more social bonds, those platonic grooming relationships with females, lived longer. Platonic friendships with grooming females. Now, the men were grooming the women too. You live longer. Do you get this, men? Get some platonic female friends. This is why the gay men are outliving you and you're all having heart attacks at 50 like it's 1955. Jen, none of that is factual. I don't care. You just said gay men live longer. I'm making shit up. I'm making shit up. Is Joe Rogan the only podcaster that can just make shit up? Who? No one is even listening to this anyway. I'm, I'm shouting into my microphone. Okay. The same pattern has appeared in other social animals, ranging from horses to dolphins. Even in humans, friendships are linked to longer life. It's not clear why, though. Oh, I think I can understand, because when you reduce your stress hormones, you reduce internal inflammation. It just makes you healthier. Come on, guys. We know why. Baboons of either sex might get health benefits simply from having their parasites picked off. Okay, that's true. Friendships might also help the animals avoid conflicts. Studies in other primates have found that social relationships reduce physiological signs of stress. Did I I just fucking say that? Am I back in your good graces as a smart scientist? Because I didn't read this article in advance. I'm reading it along with you for the first time. I only saw the headline, thought it was interesting. That's how I do things on No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast. We don't read the articles in advance. Sometimes I do. I'll have read something in, in to completion and I'll say, this would be good for the show. And I bring it on the show and I summarize it. Sometimes I see a headline, I email it to myself and I go, going to read it on air. She's, honey, she's now doing a fascinating insight into how she puts the podcast together. 
Who gives a shit? Again, I just subscribed and I, I don't know other podcasts. So, okay, so. Dr. Campos says the causation can go the other way. Maybe healthier animals, like baboons or humans, they have more energy to invest in relationships. So maybe your health is first, which gives you the energy to go have some friends. Oliver Schlukli, a behavioral ecologist at the University of Gucke in Germany, who wasn't involved in the research, said it was notoriously difficult to study the lifespans of male animals. Well, he's not involved in the research. I'm just going to weigh in. Hi, it's me, a man. I'm, I'm barging into this article. Do you have any experience with this? No. But here's my opinion. Uh, Dr. Schlickli added that it would be important to figure out why the friendship of a female who's not a mate and can't help out in fights because she's much smaller might help a male live longer. Oh, you know this guy. is like, I don't get it. He wonders... Ugh. Top dog males have a tough life. Male baboons compete fiercely for the highest position within a group, which lets them mate with many females and father lots of offspring. In the struggle for this position, males may injure and even kill each other. So they're thinking that the males that don't bother with that bullshit and just have female friends. This is literally, this is what Kurt Cobain was like. I know you're like, where the fuck did that come? Think, it comes back to Kurt Cobain and 9-11. Everything does. This reminds me of an article I was reading this week about Nirvana versus Guns N' Roses. And when Kurt Cobain was in the gay um, publication, The Advocate, LGBTQ publication, The Advocate, in 1991, and he talked about uh, being a guy that liked to have female friends. He wasn't really into men. Kurt Cobain, if he were alive today, would be... Because he was like, I feel like I'm bisexual because I have more in common... Like, he was using words that didn't make sense because he wasn't attracted to men. But he was like, I feel not... Like, he liked to wear dresses and nail polish and whatever. And I, he would just be, like, non-binary and... You know what I mean? Um, but we didn't have that word then or we didn't say that word. We, we just called everything bisexual. But I was reading this article where it was like, you know... He was having this feud with Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses were just like, why aren't you guys more masculine? And so they would just be like, shut the fuck up. And they'd have Guns N' Roses fans in their audience and their fans that liked both would be like, I like you both. And Kurt would be like, you can't like both of us. I've got to find this because this is what I want to say. Whenever people are like, I can't, I'm so disappointed in these male rapists. I listen to your podcast and theirs. I'm like, you can't, you got to pick a side. Hang on. Um, Advocate. Guns and Roses, pick a side. Okay. So, Cobain, on the other hand, was sensitive. Someone who regularly spoke out for minorities and called out racism, misogyny, and homophobia. While many remember Cobain and his Nirvana bandmates wearing dresses and kissing... Uh, they forgot that Nirvana performed at a gay rights benefit in Oregon in 1992. Um, beep, 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 bop, bop, bop. Um, 
the biggest problem I've had being in this band, I know there are those people in the audience, homophobes, and there's not much I can do about it. I can talk about those issues in interviews. I think it's pretty obvious that we're against the homophobes and the sexists and the racists. But when Teen Spirit first came out, mainstream audiences were under the assumption that we were just like Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose said to him, shut your bitch up, that's Courtney, or I'm taking you down to the pavement. Everyone just burst into tears of laughter. See, that's what I love about the Gen X spirit. Like some like guy says that to you, you're just like, you're so deeply uncool. It's how I feel about the comedy stars. Like, no, I don't want to perform there. It's so deeply uncool. Like it's like you just want to laugh and go, okay, enjoy that. Um, Does Axel remind you of the guys you went to high school with? Absolutely. Really confused, fucked up guys. There's not much hope for them. Um, and then the interviewer goes, you know, Axel was singing about immigrants and faggots. That was one of the lyrics to his songs. And people were excusing it by saying, well, he's from Indiana. Oh, yeah, well, that's okay then, said Cobain. Insane. He said, um, later after we played our show, we were walking back to our trailer. The Guns N' Roses entourage came walking toward us. They have at least 50 bodyguards, huge, gigantic, brain-dead oafs, ready to kill for Axel at all times. Um, they wanted to beat us up. Uh, we escaped. Um, but when we played that no on nine benefit in Portland, I said something about guns and roses, nothing nasty. I think I said, and now for our next song, sweet child of mine, but some kid jumped on stage and said, Hey man, guns and roses plays awesome music and Nirvana plays awesome music. Let's just get along and work things out, man. And I just couldn't help but say, no kid, you're really wrong. Those people are total sexist jerks. And the reason we're playing this show is to fight homophobia in a real small way. The guy is a fucking sexist and a homophobe and you can't be on his side and be on our side. And I'm sorry I have to divide it up like this, but it's something you can't ignore. And besides, they can't write good music. Oh, anyway, how did I? Because that's the kind of monkey Kurt Cobain was. Okay, so. If a male baboon loses... Oh, I didn't forget where I was. If a male baboon loses the top position and survives, Dr. Campo said he often stays in the group for a time, especially if he has female friends there. Researchers had speculated that this might be for the sake of protecting the ousted male's young. Dr. Campos said... Uh, but the new study hints that sticking around might be good for the male baboon himself. Maybe just seeking companionship provides its own benefit. And there you go. See, that, and that's the article. It's like... Oh, I guess I'll stick around and protect you ladies. But, you know, it's like, guys, you got it. You got it. It's all good. You can admit that you're having a good time here. Come on. Come on. We're, come on. We're going to watch the home edit on Netflix. She's being real heteronormative today. I don't know what that means. Oh, honey, get with it. So there you go. I mean, that's today's big, you know, I bring you all the great research going on today. So I just want to remind y'all, if you want to uh, help out, if you want to give to a good cause, but you're not sure how, and you're kind of like, listen, I'm kind of selfish. What's in it for me? I hear you. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to donate money to a great organization called fundthefrontlines.org. No, you're not funding a war. You're funding the frontline healthcare workers who have to deal with all you bullshit idiots that won't wear a mask or you poor victims who know people that don't wear masks and then they come to your house and breathe all over you we are about to head into the winter here in america north america cold and flu season get a mask anyway i sell masks in my store they say fun things like where's yours real men wear masks i meditated today motherfucker girls will be girls 
You can get a mask with a picture of mittens, my sister's tuxedo cat on it. But you can also get all kinds of other merchandise, too. I get t-shirts and onesies and sweatshirts and hoodies and pillows and books and mugs and... I've got a lot of my own merchandise, but you can't see it because you're only on the audio version. So go to jenkirkman.com, click shop. Now, the company that I work with, Public, every sale supports an independent designer. And then I get a percentage of the sale. I don't get to keep 100%. So I donate whatever I earn. I donate 100%. How's all this math for you? I'm just saying I get a paycheck every month from Public. I give all that money away, not even keep a dime for myself. You should at least keep a dime in case you have to make a phone call. Honey, there haven't been payphones in a long time, and when there were, the last price was 25 cents. Oh, my goodness. So anyway. JenKirkman.com. Click shop. Get something awesome for yourself. Soon I will have, hopefully by the 1st of November, I will have the holiday merchandise. Sorry, I'm losing my mind. I like to make sounds. Get a thing to wear on your face or put something on your back or get a book and write shit in it. JanKirkman.com, click shop. We donated over $3,000 to that organization so far. And again, by we, I mean me and you together. You buy, I put the money somewhere. Now, Fund the Frontlines does go directly into my bank account because it's a made-up. I'm kidding. It's a real thing. Oh, there you go. There you go. What the F was I saying? I follow the podcast on Instagram at Jen Kirkman Podcast. If you want some anxiety tips at Anxiety Bites Weekly on Instagram, tips of anti-anxiety. I, I, I don't need to give you tips on how to have anxiety. If anybody is having trouble with anxiety out there and you want a 52-page PDF email, like mini book that I wrote for free, it has so many tips and tricks for anxiety, other things you can read, books you can buy, things to listen to. A lot of it's, most of the things I suggest are free Send an email, just write the words anxiety help in the subject heading to anxietybitesweekly at gmail.com. I will send you the one-time email. I do not go back and forth. Please do not use that email address to ask me out. That happens a lot. I makes me want to smash my face into something. Um, there you go. There you go. So, and then uh, I was teaching these relaxation classes I'm taking the month of October off because it's a lot of work, but I have one that is currently, I might, I don't know if I'm going to do more at the, I might do more. I don't, I don't know. I just have to figure out my schedule because some other projects right now, but I took a best of class that has like breathing exercises for anxious breathers and a body scan meditation and a relaxation. And a if you don't like meditation, but you want to do this fun thing that's sort of like it. And I talk about anxiety and there's a PDF study guide that comes with it and a video it is $8, and you can go to um, jenkirkman.com, click Anxiety Bites, and you can find that, or go to buymeacoffee.com slash jenkirkman, and it should be listed there as well. Um, or click the link in any of my bios, Twitter, 
at Jen Kirkman or Instagram. And again, you will find the where you can buy the uh, $8 download of a one-hour class that, that I taught. Again, actually, the best way to do it is jenkirkman.com and then click Anxiety Bites. It's the first thing up there. And then you can join the newsletter and whatever. Okay, great. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, And uh, you know what? I'll just read you what some of the listener emails said about the class, just so that you don't think I'm making this shit up. People did like it. People liked it, okay? Jen! I signed up for your best of class after experiencing a severe anxiety over upcoming necessary travel during the pandemic. I thought I'd gained some useful techniques to use at the airport or in the hospital, but I came away with so much more. I never realized that I've been experiencing my anxiety through muscle tension and hyperventilated breathing on almost a daily basis until you showed us the difference between normal breathing and hyperventilated breathing and taught us progressive muscle relaxation. I always thought the way I felt was normal. So I wanted to write and thank you for not only giving me tools to help when I know that I'm anxious, but helping me discover my unconscious behaviors that were keeping me in a daily state of stress. I'm so glad I signed up for your class. That's the one that's on sale right now at jenkirkman.com. Click Anxiety Bites. Thanks again, Rachel. Jen, thanks so much for today's breathing and relaxation class. A perfect way to combat the Sunday scariest. I don't even know what that is. The first time I really tried meditation was three years ago at a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Talk about shock therapy. I woke up at 3 a.m. with a massive panic attack, but I had no idea what was happening. I was worried that I would never be able to breathe normally again and that they would kick me out because of my anxiety. I finally calmed down by picturing a baby deer with whom I had locked eyes with earlier that week. Your breathing techniques are like the airline safety messages right before takeoff. Hope that's a compliment. Now I know what to do in case of an emergency. Your explanation of meditation really resonated with me. I think of automatic negative thoughts as being like a giant cloud. And meditation helps me rise above the cloud and watch it float by. I use relaxation techniques when I'm at the dentist or doctor's office. Well, there you go. Bing, gong, gong, dun, da, dee, doo, dee, ding, ding. Did I ever, do you want to hear a sad story about monkeys? <laughs> Let's keep this music. So I went through this terrible breakup four years ago. I talk about it a lot. It's been coming up a lot lately. And uh, I was so sad, so sad. And when I'm that kind of sad, I love going to uh, meditation classes. Thank God there wasn't a pandemic. So I go to these group classes almost every day. And this one teacher was from India, but he'd grown up in America. So he went back to India for a visit, and he felt like there was so much he didn't know just about, I don't know, certain cultural things. So he's in a cab. And the cab stopped. The cab's driving. And the cab slows down and comes to a stop because there is a monkey in the middle of the street. And it's a mama monkey. And she appears to be breastfeeding her baby. And this meditation teacher, who was American but Indian and revisiting India, said to the cab driver, why is she breastfeeding in the middle of the road? Isn't that, doesn't she know it's dangerous? And the cab driver said, that baby's dead. And the mother is in shock and grief. 
And he said, oh, did... You mean the baby got hit by a car and the mother rushed over and is holding her in her arms? And, and the cab driver said, no, no. The baby's been dead for a few days. Mother's been breastfeeding her for a few days and she's in shock. So she's not really noticing that she's in the middle of the street. She's not acting normal. She's not acting in her right mind. She's in complete grief and she's in denial. And he explained that monkeys, it takes them a long time to accept that their uh, little baby has died or any monkey has died. And uh, it can sometimes be, uh, they keep treating it like it's alive until it's rotting so badly and smells so badly that the rest of the society of monkeys has to finally say, hey, this is affecting all of us now. Okay, we smell it. It's dead. Gotta let go. And then the monkey's finally able to let go. And the reason the man was telling the story was because this class had a theme centered around heartbreak. And it was like, if you are just carrying around a dead, lifeless relationship, you know, whether it's you're carrying around one that's really over and you can't get over it, it's like, you know, we all go through that process of we can't see that something is dead and rotten. Uh, it was profound at the time. I'm not explaining it very well. You're like, that's... Honey, there's some... I don't know what's happening. I'm listening. Actually, it sounds pretty good. She, I think it's great she went to India. No, she didn't go to India. Oh, forget it. I don't know. The couple that listens to my podcast, I don't know why they're so front and center today, but... Anyway, I just love that. Whenever I'm sort of like wrestling with something or in denial about something, I'm like, am I being a monkey on day four? with a dead thing uh, I tried to revive it just then alright we gotta end this I've been talking how has this been going on for an hour I don't know what else do I want to say okay join the patreon patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman if you want to hear this week's bonus episode which is me talking about Gwyneth Paltrow posing nude for her 48th birthday online her kid was like what are you doing mom and all my thoughts on that, every week is a bonus 20-minute episode about something going on in celebrity or pop culture. Again, please join the Patreon if you want to support me. Please get tickets to the Christmas show. Pay me, everybody. I'm not working right now. I'm a, although this is work, but you know what I mean. I don't have a traditional job that pays what I used to get paid. So let's see. Uh... This is a listener email from someone who's told me not to say her name, so I won't. Jen, when you said on your podcast that the hairdresser's kid isn't going to live past 40, I'm dying laughing. Guys, if you weren't there, uh, you got to go back and listen. I can relate to that whole conversation in the salon. At my job, everyone is chipping in for an expensive stroller for a fellow coworker. Ugh! I said, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. The kid's going to be in a hazmat suit. Having kids in a pandemic fires oi and ve. From Timothy. Oh, that's not the email that I thought. <laughs> Jen, please don't say my name if you read this. I love your comedy. I've watched your specials many times. I have your first book. Guess she doesn't have the second one. The second one didn't do as well. That's the one you got to buy. I know what I'm doing in other lies I tell myself because if you don't buy it, 
See, I'm trying to pitch another book deal right now, and it, it helps if people buy the second book. I mean, this is the book you need. This woman that's emailing me about her life, this, this, that's the book you need. I'll tell you why in a minute. It's about turning 40 and being single and traveling the world. Okay, Jen, uh, I relate to your feelings on a lot of subjects. It is my 50th birthday today. I've never been married and I have no children. Basically, I'm useless in the eyes of most of the rest of the world. Smiley face. I have never felt this way before. Never. But it feels that way today. I have a job I love and I'm good at. I own a home. I travel. I have family that I love and I'm there for. I have many friends. I am socially aware and try to positively contribute to the world. But in most people's view, I am nothing if I'm not a wife or mother or sweet baby Jesus, at least one of those things. I've been very careful in the times of COVID, rarely going out, socially distancing, masking when I do, and certainly not going to or throwing any parties, so no big birthday bash for me, which I am fine with. I guess no party equals minimal effort or celebration from my friends. I have been to dozens of weddings, baby showers, 50th and other for these people, but I get the impression that my birthday is less important than all of that. Did I mention how many weddings and baby showers I have had to attend and gush over? I always celebrate everything for my friends with thoughtfulness and gusto. I honestly didn't even know that I had any expectations until I realized how tepid my friend's affection and care has been today. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Maybe they just don't know. A lot of people who are single and not married and don't have kids, people think that you don't care about certain traditions and that you're very self-sufficient and they're not mind readers. So I bet if you had said, hey, everybody, I went to you. I went to your schools. I went to your churches. I went to your institutionalized learning facilities. I'm not crazy. Institution. Sorry. Um, I went to your things. I would like, you know, I bet they'd be like, oh, my God, I didn't even know, honey. We thought you didn't care about that shit. See, people people ascribe a lot to the non-traditional woman that we don't like any tradition. No, that's not true. Um, uh, they're busy raising kids and satisfying their spouses. Live, laugh, love. Okay, this seems whiny and very stream of consciousness, but these are things I could never say to anyone in my real life. And I thought on some level you might get where I'm coming from. I do a little bit, but I do, I will say that you've got to, you've got to change the conversation with them. On a positive note, your episode PP and Hoo Hoo gave me life with the gender reveal and internet addiction. I laughed way too much. Keep being you. Um, listen, you got to get my book. I know what I'm doing in other lives. I tell myself it's all about an unconventional life. Last email, Jen. I'm compelled to write. Uh, thanks for writing back a while ago and reading my email on air. Made my day or week. I'm compelled to write back now for a brief follow-up. I'm technically a millennial, born in 83, but consider myself spiritually Gen X. Yesterday's PP and hoo-hoo episode was truly one for the books. What an ep! I would absolutely buy merch that says you're not a comedian, you're a man with a mouth. Think about adding that to your store. My husband and I also ordered corresponding I'm fun and I'm not fun sweatshirts and love them. You should seriously consider just reading old sassy magazines for episodes or Patreon. Your new studio is very cute. Have fun. Love, Justin. Oh, wait, wait. No. Every gay man who's Gen X, which, by the way, seems to be my audience. Like, I'm coming out of the woodwork, which I love. Uh, they... They, they all want me to read Sassy Magazine, um, like, every episode. <laughs> well, 
I'm not gonna do that, but thank you. Uh, listen, I, I get a lot of merch suggestions, but it's gotta be, you know, I'm asking, like I pay these designers to design things. It's gotta be something that I know a lot of people would buy. And I, I get my, it. I'm not gonna be making, you're not a comedian, you're a man with a mouth. I know it is very funny, but it would have to like catch fire worldwide for everyone to be like, what does that mean? Um, but I love the idea of couples out there, a matching I'm fun and then I'm not fun sweatshirts. I mean, you can get those on my website. That's really cute. And if you're not in a couple, just buy two for yourself and on diff- depending on your mood that day. Okay, that's all I have. Those are my listener emails. I just want to make sure I've said everything I need to say, you know. That's it. I plugged everything I need to plug. I read the listener emails. I told the story about my mom and the monkeys. Patreon, we've done that plenty. I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about this week, but I don't remember what it is. Who knows? Um, all right. Well, great. I think we did a great we great work today, you guys. Um, again, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please write a five-star review on iTunes. You can write, this podcast is my dead monkey. I want to drag it around forever. That would be the review that I want you to write this week. This podcast is my dead monkey, and I want to drag it around forever. Write that review wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's Stitcher or Spotify or iTunes, wherever. Five stars, and that's your review. It'll get people curious. Um, And again, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. JenKirkman.com for all your needs. That's where you buy tickets to the Christmas show. That's where you're going to buy that relaxation class for $8. And that is where you are going to... I don't know what else you're going to do there. That's not my business. Until next week, have fun!